It's Amy. Welcome to ChirpCast. Encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. A lot of sarcasm. A lot of sarcasm today. Um, this is re-recorded over how many times now? Six? Seven yeah, every times? Every time you ask me to be a part of the ChirpCast, it, we get into the situation where we're pushing <laughs> stop and record about mm, six or seven times. Yeah, too many. Anyways, so I've been a little bit busy um, trying to just gather life. It's been a little bit scattered Within the last five months, we have cleaned out, sold, and purchased a whole new church facility. So not just he and I. Thankfully, we've had a whole group of people that have been doing this with us. So are but, you telling your TripCast listeners that they don't care and that they deserve to be on the back burner no, all these things? Uh, no, I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know what? A church is not going to clean itself out. That's no, what I'm saying. No, they usually don't. So- the question I have today for you, dear, is what is your favorite meal? I love spaghetti and meatballs. Really? Yeah. Like if you could literally have anything, it would be spaghetti and meatballs? Oh, I like that. That's my go-to because I'm really good. Okay, at but like what would be like the most scrumptious meal you can possibly think of? Um, I'm a game for anything beef. So steak or a good cheeseburger, I'm okay with that yeah i'm completely on the other end of the spectrum there for me a go-to meal is like um a bowl of cereal because <laughs> you're a bird uh, or yeah no that's why it's chirp cast everything's Hi. birds you have a tattoo of a bird on your <laughs> there's a theme here okay well also peanut butter and jelly that's also a go-to <laughs> Yeah, I'm just not a big, like, steak eater. So you wouldn't accept my spaghetti and meatballs, but you're going to be all good with Honey Nut Cheerios. We're all good with that. No, Cinnamon Cheerios. With bananas. Cinnamon Cheerios with bananas. There it is. That's my go-to. I'm sorry. If you need to add on to your cereal, then the cereal (laughs) itself is not good. I just love bananas. What can I say? So, all right. You're probably thinking, what the heck does food have to do with today's topic? I'm still trying to figure this out. Okay. So I was listening, yes, listening, to my Bible on my phone this morning, and it was going through Luke. And it got to Luke chapter 9, and that's the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. So if you are interested in hearing a little bit more about that story, you can actually listen to a previous trip cast that I've done called Lunchbox Miracles, and that is season two, episode 13. That one talks specifically about the story of how it all happened and the boy that brought his lunch and how he shared it. It's it's pretty good. I think it was pretty good. Did you think it was pretty good? I mean, you had to listen to it. I always love your trip cast. So, yes, my answer, my default answer is going to be yes. Awesome. So, basically what happens is there are over 5,000 people following and they come to hear Jesus and his disciples are there. And there's a boy that comes up and he has just a small lunch of five loaves of bread and two fish. Basically, it's not enough to feed. Like, that doesn't even sound like a meal that you would even really want. Oh, no. Personally. Me, me and my food habits, that would be an appetizer. <laughs> yeah. So this little boy brings this lunch up, and he says, here's what I have to share. Okay. Luke 9, 16 and 17 says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he, talking about Jesus, gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave to the disciples the food to distribute to the people. 
they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So when I started hearing that, the word there were two words that kind of, I don't know, I guess the images that stuck out to me were the image of Jesus, eyes lifted, maybe holding up the lunch that he had, and it says that he gave thanks. He was giving thanks to his father for the provisions that were there. And then the next thing that came to mind was the abundance of having 12 basketfuls left over. So, I mean, that's a miracle, right? Oh, yeah. Huge miracle. So we can probably look at like what's been going on personally for us in the last five months within our church, you know, in a pandemic, able to have property with an amazing facility and you know, a small campus put in front of us. This church is for sale. Here we are, like, not even looking for a church necessarily. Well, a lot of people don't realize there was a lot of underground, undercurrents going on that we were totally shocked by. Um, our giving at our church was increased by 40% just during the pandemic. And we were like, what in the world's going on here? I mean, we weren't complaining, but we were like, wow, this is crazy how our giving has been increased. People are in a pandemic. People aren't working. They don't have the extra scratch. So what in the world's going on here, Lord? And being good stewards, we just like, we're like, Lord, thank what, you. <laughs> yeah. What, what's going on here? And then having a conversation with a colleague of mine in the ministry realm, and him saying, yeah, that they're going to close the church and it's going to go for sale and they're getting ready to put it on the market next week. And and that turned into a conversation of let's talk to the, the board member in charge. And he opened the church for us that night and we went and took a look at it. And I mean, it was it was incredible. And then three months later, we bought the church. And then a month after that, we sold our old facility when everyone in the real estate business said, you guys are going to be sitting on that property for about a year, year and a half before you're going to be able to sell it. And it's going to not go very well because it's a church and it's designed as a church. It's zoned as a church. And yeah, so, people aren't exactly in the business typically of flipping churches. No, not typically. <laughs> not, and, and I mean, we're kind of kidding about that because we've done it now a few times and we just think that a denomination is going to pick us up and just tell us to go flip churches all day long. And that just give us a headache. We're not church planners. We're church flippers. <laughs> yeah. We flip the church around. We just make it better, hopefully. So, okay. So that story has to do with the miracle aspect of what Jesus did and being thankful for what God has done with us in our congregation, within our ministry, in our town, in our community. And like Brian said, you know, when the finances were coming in, it seemed like they were increasing in a time when they shouldn't have been. It was completely backwards. Like we were thinking people are not going to be giving and it's probably going to hurt us a lot, you know, financially because we still have bills to pay. Whether you're sitting in the in the sanctuary or not, there's still bills you have to pay. You have to pay for your security systems. You have to pay for the services that are performed around the facility. And so. And the trend, because talking to ministry friends is that they were struggling and I had a very hard time sitting around or, or we weren't sitting at the table, but being on zoom calls and stuff and hearing sad story after sad story of we're not going to be able to meet our obligations and the giving has decreased and, I mean, there was just so much 
just chaos. And we certainly don't say that to brag. We're not. It's not bragging. It it almost made me feel bad because I was like, Lord, what's going on here? Because I'm hearing all this from my ministry friends, but here locally, we're seeing an increase and we don't really know why. We're just staying faithful to you and staying faithful to uh, preach the gospel and, and really just having an attitude of thanksgiving uh, moving forward. And, 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 you know, yeah, we had to buy equipment. We had a, we, we took advantage of the situation. We remodeled the inside of the sanctuary because, well, we weren't meeting there. So uh, might as well upgrade, might as well upgrade <laughs> and not have to worry about the dust every week, you know? And so right. we were doing a lot of stuff and the last thing on our minds, I mean, okay, let's be honest. I'm always looking for opportunities, but the, the last thing on my mind was oh in the middle of a pandemic we're gonna we're gonna buy a new campus and we're gonna sell an old one yeah and the difference between the two is thirty thousand dollars and that's exactly what it ended up being is we practically bought a new campus for thirty thousand dollars yeah completely unheard of like seriously when people talk about they don't you know well miracles aren't for today's people uh you better back up because that was a huge miracle for us in our congregation and being able to step out in faith and and step into what we believe God completely opened the doors for um for our church and just for what we were able to do for um our community in this. And let me be very clear, it had nothing to do with what we did. No. Other than be faithful to him. And constantly be thankful for the people that stayed faithful throughout this because it was really easy to sit back and to do nothing and to disengage. And what we had, though, is going back to the story, we had not 5,000 people, but we had a group of hungry people. We had a group of people who were spiritually hungry and they wanted to move forward in to whatever it was that God had and has for us as a people. And so they were hungry. When Jesus had those 5,000 people in front of him and all he had was something small and meager, the difference was that he gave thanks. And so when he gave thanks, it created, I wrote this down, thanksgiving creates satisfaction. When we are thankful for what God has given to us, it creates a satisfaction deep within our soul that you can't find when you're constantly looking for the next best thing. If you're always out searching, looking for something better, then you're never going to be satisfied with what you have that God has provided for you. That can come in any time. That can come in your job. That can come in your relationships. That can come in your bank account. There are lots of ways that we become completely unthankful and then we're dissatisfied in that. And there could have been a whole different mindset because I knew and and leadership knew within the church that our facility limited us to being who we are. Um, We're a very just eclectic group of people who like to get together and do things in our facility, our old facility really limited us. And so when the opportunity came to even invest more into that facility, we could have had the attitude of why it doesn't even work for us or, you know, uh, and start just really complaining about what we had. But I have always and leadership has always been, thankfully, um, very just honest and thankful for what we do have. We had a facility that was paid off and a facility that 
is still is doing ministry um, and doing it well. And so we have this attitude of, well, Lord, we're here and we're going to we're going to treat this as if it is gold. And that's how we did it. And so when the opportunity came to leave that facility and move to the new campus, we're taking that same mentality with us. We are grateful and thankful for the facility and we're going to do everything in our power to 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 do right by it, to to make it happen. So in verse 17, um, it says, and this is after the disciples had distributed to the people all of the food that was there, says they all ate and were satisfied. They were satisfied. They were satisfied in the provisions that God had given them. Maybe whatever situation you're in, you're not satisfied. Maybe you're not happy with life right now. Maybe this pandemic for the last two years, and I seriously cannot believe that it's been two years (laughs) since we've been going through this. um, It's been hard. It's been really difficult. It's been hard to lose loved ones. It's been hard to lose incomes. It's been hard to lose just connections with people for us specifically, like within our congregation. It's been difficult to have those relationships strained because of maybe fears or just the unknown of what's to come. Let's just put it this way. If you want to complain about something, you're going to have plenty of ammunition to find. Oh, for sure. To complain and complain and complain and complain. Yeah. Or to, to look at the negative of things, people being sick, people being negatively affected. Like you were saying, the the income situation or the job situation and how jobs even work in this new culture of staying at home, working and all this stuff. Um, health yeah, you insurance. can totally find. You could find you can so find many things. things. To complain about. But I think there's also equally, and I think this is where the deceiver likes to come and put a blinder on us, is I think equally you could find that there's positives. Yeah. A lot of people complain about being at home, but you know what? We needed to be home. We needed to figure out what family was all over again because we got so busy pre-pandemic and doing a bunch of stuff, but forgetting that we had a family unit to take care of. And then there's a positive in that. And there's a positive in the fact that, um, well, I don't know for most families, but a lot of pet families got free money, stimulus money, and that was always <laughs> a blessing, you know? And, and, and just to be able to kind of do a, a little bit of a, a minor reset in their life and figure out what's a priority and, and work on those priorities and, and know what we've missed and, and what we've taken granted for pre-pandemic. So there's a lot of positives that's come out of this. Um, there's, believe it or not, there is a science community who rallied together to try to find solutions to an ongoing pandemic. That's a positive thing. Um, now we can talk about, messaging and all that but that's something different but we there are things to be positive and look at the positive end of things when we are thankful we become satisfied with what we have or what we do yeah i think that is a fact <laughs> i think that it's human nature You'd that when we're thankful yes we become satisfied and content with what we have because we see the good Some people are just negative Nancy's. I apologize if your name is Nancy. You know, it. Or they're always trying to chase the chase the next best thing. Yeah. And that is an ongoing. Can you imagine if can you imagine if the people, the 5000 that are sitting there on a hillside, they're all hungry because it's been a while since they've eaten. 
It says that there's no place for them to go. They would have to be sent into the city to get food. Sizzler. Can, can you imagine if they started complaining about the food? All you have is fish and bread. Like, literally, that's what you have. Hey, I wouldn't put it past them because these are the same group of people <laughs> who got manna from heaven. And when they were in the middle of a desert, Aye. God was producing some fresh bread and sending it down. And they were complaining about that. Maybe not the that. same people, but. So they were, they were, the Bible does not record them being, being, um, complainers about this because it says after in verse 17, they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left. So my, my second little thought that I wrote down was satisfaction creates abundance. Okay. You might be like, what the heck? What does that even mean? So they were satisfied. They were filled and they ate. And then there was leftovers. There was so much that God had provided because of the thanksgiving that Jesus had done in the beginning before the food was handed out. There was abundance. It was spilling over. And it reminded me, I had to look up the scripture because I couldn't necessarily remember all the words. Um, and it's Psalm 107, verse 9. It says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. He doesn't give us crumbs and leftovers. He definitely didn't in the case of our church. No. In our facility, he gave us better than what we had. He gave us so much more than what we had. And it came strictly from... First of all, having a heart of thanksgiving. And it created that satisfaction with God. If this is what you want for us, and if this is what you have for me right now in my life, then I need to be okay with it because you're in charge. I am not God. I don't see the entire puzzle. I cannot see where this is going to lead, but I'm going to be thankful for what I have. And out of that, God created a heart of, well, a position of thanksgiving, of abundance. And look, at it, it just kind of reminds me of the scripture, God loves a cheerful giver. So cheerful, I've seen some some grumbling givers, you know. <laughs> I've, I've even seen... been that grumbling giver sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but God, it says God loves a cheerful giver. And I think let's just focus on the word cheerful just for a second. You're cheerful when your needs are met. Yep. You feel protected. Yep. You feel provided for, and you and you are just you remain faithful and content with what God has given you. You become cheerful. Yeah. And so then you're able to give out of that abundance, and then you give cheerfully. Right. I I, I think there's a key there that many people miss is that if you are looking for something to complain, you will, and then you will dry yourself out. Yeah. And your resources will only be limited. But if you would be willing to be a thankful giver, a thankful uh, person, a person who's willing to say, God, whatever you have for me, I will find contentment and I will find cheer. I will find joy in because I I am a huge believer that God does not just give us the crumbs of life that he wants to, he, he gives to satisfaction. And, and, and if we will have the right motive and heart, he will also give um, so, so we can also be 
givers to others. Um, yeah, to others. And we're not even just talking. You might think, oh, well, you're pastors, so you're probably talking about giving to the church. That's not necessarily uh, at all. That's know. not even my position in life. I no. feel like if I have something, um, I want to bless other people. If I have a little bit of extra money. Mm-hmm. And I want to buy something that I see for a friend of mine because I know they're going to really like it. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm thinking, oh, well, if I give her something, then she's going to buy me something really nice for my birthday or she's going to get me a really good gift later there's on. There's no, no motives behind There's it. no motive. It's just a matter of I love this person. I have an abundance. I would love to share that joy with them. When you were talking about the attitude of joy. It reminded me, and I actually wrote this on my paper earlier, before he and I even had a conversation about this, I wrote Scrooge McDuck. Because if you remember the cartoon, Scrooge McDuck, he was the guy he, you know, in the cartoon the beginning in um, DuckTales, mm-hmm. he would dive into his coins and swim through his gold and all of this stuff. He was, he had an abundance of everything. And yet, what was his attitude? He was, he was stingy. He was so stingy and he was grumpy and he would get mad whenever they would, you know, his nephews would want to do something for somebody else or share something or, or anything like that, giving away anything that was his. And I don't want to be a Scrooge McDuck. No. I want to be someone who is satisfied for what God has provided for me, what God has given to me, what God has provided for my family, for Everything that he has given me, and I want to be able to be giving out of abundance, not because I have a ton of stuff and I'm waiting to have a million dollars before I give it out. I want to be able to be satisfied with what I have and from what I have, I give instead of having an attitude of I don't have enough. We need to stop looking at ourselves as hoarders and we start looking at ourselves as investors. And there's a huge parable that is taught in the Bible about the master who gives the three people um, talents and one buries it, one goes. And, and at the end, the, the point is, is that the person who went invested in it and made more out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and it were, I mean, I know it was, we can get so narrow minded and thinking that was money, but it's, it's beyond that. It's, it's, it's relationship building. It's, it's community talents. building. It's talents. It's, it's saying, I'm a guitar player. I'm going to take my talent. I'm going to teach another young person the, the, the art of strumming a guitar. You know, um, it's like my brother, my brother learned from my stepdad. Um, that's just how it came. And then my brother refined his talent and his skill set. moving on. I mean, it's, it's giving others, not just out of money, but out of resources, out of, out of skills, all of these things. I mean, um, my grandpa knew how to use bailing wire really good to fix things. And I, that may not be the right way to fix things, but he got him out of a pinch and he taught me that skill. It's, it's taking what we do have and then, and using something with it. Yeah. We use that facility on fourth street, uh, which means nothing to maybe past listeners, but we call it fourth street, which is our old facility and second street, which is our new facility. But we took what we could do out of fourth street and we did the best that we can out of that building. Yeah. It was a building built in the 1950s is a, a, a brick and mortar building and we had cinder block. Oh yeah. We had, <laughs> but see, what, what did we do? We invested into it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we used it to invest into our community. Absolutely. And that's how you have to look at your own life. Look at what you have right now in your hands. Look around you. If you're maybe you're sitting at home, look around your house. What do you have? Do you have you have a coffee maker? Invite a friend over and have coffee. Create that um, that closeness with them that 
it's an opportunity for ministry to love on them, to to help encourage each other. Um, I wanted to end with Luke six thirty eight, and this scripture I think is it's it's an amazing scripture because one it speaks to us as being stewards of God, but it also talks about God's love for us, and it says, "Give and it will be given to you a good measure." pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When I read that scripture, I have this image of a cup of brown sugar. If you are a baker, then you know when you use brown sugar, you have to, it says that it needs to be, typically it'll say packed. So you want to pack it into your measuring cup because you want the full measure of what that spice is going to provide into whatever it is that you're putting it in. You want all of it. So you're going to pack it in there a good measure. You're going to press it down. You might kind of shake it a little bit to make sure it all gets in there. And sometimes it's okay because typically when you press brown sugar into a measuring cup, it kind of spills over on the sides. So when God has given us something, we should want to be able to share it with others. And we want it to those blessings to be poured out onto other people. So the two things I want to say as we end, Thanksgiving creates satisfaction. And satisfaction creates abundance. I want you to live an abundant life. I want you to be able to enjoy the good things that God has for you. And it starts with Thanksgiving. Everything starts with Thanksgiving. So today, I hope that you have an awesome day. I hope you are listening to these podcasts and that it is encouraging your heart. And if you would love to share them with somebody else, I would love you to do that also. Thanks, babe, for being with me today. Yes, ma'am. In giving all of your insight and information that you have. All two pennies worth. All your wealth of knowledge. All my wealth of knowledge. (laughs) And whatever I can Google. (laughs) No Googling today, though. No Googling today. Um, If you would like more encouragement, feel free on Amazon to look up the books that I have written. I have three. One is Inconvenient Calling. Another is Chased by Grace. And the last is Embraced by Grace. But man, we would love for you to share this podcast by putting on your social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Just share, share, share. We just love to see this just encouragement venue just continue to grow as it already has. We're in different countries. And so, uh, so proud of you, babe, for stepping out at the, in 2019, 2020 and saying, I would like to do a podcast. Ooh, so good little did I know I'd still be doing this yeah. two years later. Oh yeah. my goodness. As long as we're not selling a church, you are always on the forefront <laughs> of our mind. But as long as we're, and that's, there's a funny story behind that, but we don't have the time. We're already way past. So, Man, we just are grateful that you're there. Please just keep sharing and be encouraged yourself. God has something big for you, planned for you. And and even when you feel like you don't have anything in your hands, you do. You have the love of Jesus uh, to right on the ready, right whenever you need it. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Please comment and on any of the social medias. We get them all. So we would love to hear uh, what what you love about Chirpcast, what you want to hear more. You could even say, get rid of the farmer. I'd rather just (laughs) listen to Amy. I get that. Um, If you want to follow me, you can follow on Instagram at ChirpcastAmy. I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a great day. God bless, and I'll see you next time. See ya.